Welcome once again to the glorious Performance Center here in Alhambra, California. We just watched LAFC train. We're here to record inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast. Vince LaRosa, Max Bretos will be talking about the first road win of the season at Inter-Miami to Cero and LAFC preparing for Vancouver. We'll preview that again a little bit here ahead. And with that in mind, we will be joined by Maxime Crepo, who will be facing his former team. It's a big week for him for a variety of reasons. We'll talk about all of that. It's been big weeks for us every week. We're getting big time, big time guests this year, which is great. Like our mantra into this season, like we said, to really go deeper, to give you guys the the inside scoops. And I mean, Ilya. And then, by the way, we already talked to Max. So just to give you pull pull back the curtain, uh, these guys are giving us great answers. These are this is not the just general like oh yeah, I'm happy to be here. This, this has been really great because of our challenging questions, Vince. We yeah, hard hitting. You're hard-hitting journalist. Hard-hitting Bob Costas, Larry King. Yeah. We're going to get you. That's not true. <laughs> we're going to get you. That, yeah, when they come out here, we just go, we're going to get you. So uh, we will talk about, because we're going to drop, we, we, we have to say drop it in the community channel. So banging Just their cleats banging out there. Come on. Turn out the cleats. We just but, said how, how big of a deal we are here. And I then, like that. It, it brings you further I actually, in. I actually do like that. Some, some the, productions. Can you smell would, the grass? Yeah, some productions would be like, what? I mean, just again to tell you, there was like a dump truck. Well, yes. Well, Maxine was Remember the here. chainsaw a couple weeks ago? Chainsaw. Somebody Ahead asked the me, they go, game? if you can't see him, it didn't happen. I go, look look at this minute of the shot, and you could see the, the chainsaw guy uh -huh. out in the trees. So there you go. Well, we put this for the community because a lot of the supporters out there, you're going to love what Maxime Crepo has to say about uh, connecting with you guys. Uh, it's a big part of why they love being here and why they love playing for this club, and that'll certainly come out. So it's a big part of him. It's a big, That's why he loves this sport. He's just a, a lovely guy. Yeah. He is salt of the earth and lives this sport. And it goes back to, an, we didn't ask him about this, but it goes back to his time when he was a kid. He was an ultra for uh, the then Montreal Impact in the lower division, which eventually become an MLS club. Coming through that, this is not a, someone who kind of got excited about the sport later in life. This is a guy, this is in his bloodstream. He just happens to be an incredible talent, but he's yeah. a supporter and loves the sport. Yes. You can't say that about every single player in the sport. And that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but we do love that he has the passion and embraces it. And, and we see that you guys love it too. Well, let's start with him when we talk about this inner game and we'll, we'll talk about he played a, a very odd game. He played an important role in this game, but not, not unless you were really paying attention, I guess you would say. No, and two shots on goal faced. Although LAFC only had two shots on target. Yeah. So uh, this was an LAFC team working things out a little differently. I, I'm sure you like... Both of us, because we were on the 110 football stream, going, what's going on? There's nothing happening in this game. And it was very chess matchy. Yes. Nobody wanted to make the big move. Mm -hmm. uh, and that benefited LFC in the end, because when the chance happened, the move was made. And then they hammered down right at the end of the first half with uh, a red card that, uh, for all intents and purposes, ended this game. So LFC clinical when they had to be. And that's one of the many good positives. But getting back to the defense, and you can certainly talk about the clinical ability, the fact that LAFC is not giving a lot of chances, the fact that they're not giving away chances at ill-opportune times, mm -hmm. like right when they score, when we mm -hmm. saw this a lot the last two years, is a huge development for what this team is doing. They are the second-best defensive team, goals against-wise. But the goal that Portland scored was, you know, a wing kind of and fluky. a prayer. Yeah. So this is a team that's just not giving up chances, so to speak. Set pieces rock solid. Everything defensively with a, a group of guys now that spans nine guys that have played mm -hmm. maybe eight or nine. It's been, it's been to me, the, the best development of the season thus far. 
There was one chance in the first half where Mota cut back at the top of the box and Maxime palmed it over, and that was a big moment. Let's, uh, that seems to be what he does for this team. He just kind of shows up in big moments. You say, that's, that's not the easiest save, but he made it, made it convincingly. I think that was the biggest thing for me with him was everything he did was convincing. There's a few times where he came out for the ball and he didn't just catch it. Catch it, wrapped it up, made sure there was no bobble. It was never in doubt. And I think for his teammates and for the back line, they're like, okay, that, that guy behind me has got me covered in a match where it, the wind is swirling everywhere. It's, it was rain came in out of nowhere. I mean, there was stuff on the field. Like, I think that, that instilling that little bit of confidence, and we don't talk about that enough because we want to talk about the technical nature or the tactical battle. He gets it, that little bit of focus, that little bit of extra. He's like, I'm here to give my guys just that little bit of extra bit because, to your point, he's not always going to be super involved. And that was important in this match because the quality wasn't there. Between the 18s, the quality wasn't there. It seemed like LAFC obviously had, with, with Mahala, had some quality in that finish. And then we had Maxime Cropo, and that was really was the difference. And quality is, you know, in the eye of the beholder kind of conversation because you want the attractive football, and that's the MO of LAFC. But you asked me during the stream, I go, are you concerned? I'm like, not really. If we conceded a goal, yeah, but this is still, uh, the scales have not been tilted. I think it's because it was this quality. Yeah. Something that we couldn't maybe say about the team in 2021. This team looked at this game and was like, we got to get three points any way we can but not by being super expansive, not yeah. by letting the game get too open. And then also, I would say, Steve Toronto's subs. When that game started to feel like it was 1-0, yes, we were man up, and it started to feel like it was expanding, getting a little bit where it was like, ooh, anything can happen here. Subs. He brings in Latif for Sifu, brings in Izzy for, for Carlos, and it really just locked the game back down. I feel like that was actually when we felt like we had the most control of that match. Yeah. Carlos hasn't gone a full 90 minutes, and obviously the second game he left injured, but the other two games fit. Not going the full, that's uh, something a little different here, and it's worked in LAFC's favor. Just to reiterate what about the subs and the offseason LAFC have, and people want to see a DP, and we'll see a DP, but there were several players to bolster a team so that they are deep everywhere. So if a fullback can't make it, or if two fullbacks can't play, as was that's the happened case in Miami. this week, you have cover. If uh, Jesus Murillo is fine, but maybe it's a better fit. Uh, he was 100%, but a better fit for Daniel Henry. Bang. If uh, if the midfield needs a little kick, Latif, it is humming. Mm -hmm. And the latest one with Izzy, who scores a goal, uh, replacing Carlos Vela and then scoring a goal about 10 minutes after coming in, that is, that is champagne management. Mm -hmm. That's something that you have to give Izzy a lot of credit for. But it doesn't happen if Steve Cherundolo does not identify it. So all of these things were spot on. Pancho coming in and Pancho. making some passes. No, and it goes again, it goes back to the his finish was like a thinking man's finish, right? I asked you, I go, was he shooting or crossing in our, in our LFC 360 show? And you said, it doesn't matter. He but put, he it, was, he he put, put it, it where he could. He put it in the most dangerous yeah. area. He really did. He drove it low. Remember, there's, we, we, we'll talk about the conditions and the, the traveling supporters could tell us all about it. It was gnarly. But if you hang it up there, it's going to be a problem. He drove it in hard, and Miami didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, and I said, I was like, it, look, it, it, it made perfect sense because when he hit the ball, every single player in that box was squaring up to their their opposite number, like, what are we doing here? No one's really focusing on the ball. Even the goalkeeper, uh, Clement Diop, was kind of looking, but looking at every, looking at this mass of people coming through. And then last thing you know, he's realizing the ball's in the back of the net. And again, that was, there's no, I mean, from that angle, you're not really ever thinking of scoring. You're just thinking of putting it right there. And I think, look, Brian gets a touch. If he does get a touch on that, he didn't. But if he did, then you score that way. But that was the best spot to put it in. 
Midfield-wise, uh, Ilya Sanchez makes another uh, All-MLS team. Well-deserved just because it, people are watching the work that he puts in. The Kel- off-the-ball work. Yeah, Kellen Acosta and Sifu, it's still, there's still things working out there. But again, uh, did not make a mistake. Got this team going forward when they needed to. So eventually when that opportunity arose, and it did, mm-hmm. with uh, Mahala being assisted by Carlos Vela late in the first half, LAFC were able to find that breakthrough. So after the Carlos Vela hat-trick, we were wondering where the goals would come from. After that, we got from unlikely sources. Mamba Dufal. Uh, we talked about uh, Israel Tajuri Shroudi. And then, not really an unlikely source, but Mahala getting it ahead before Chicho and Brian Rodriguez. Somewhat surprising. Or ahead of Carlos Vela on the day. Yeah, I mean, I think ahead of Chicho, right? So we, we, we were thinking Carlos Chicho, set. But you know that that's not how this league works. You need, you need production from all areas. And, and again, I'm just going to keep comparing 2021 to 2022. That's what we lacked last year. We were just crying out for goals. Like at, the, at, at points in 2021, even though Chicho was scoring, we were like, please, just, could just anyone help him out just a little bit? Because we needed more than one goal a game, which he was good for pretty much one goal a game. But you need two, three goals, as, as we've seen in this league. I mean, our defense has been better. We only really needed one in that game. But you need to put games away. You need to put teams away, especially on the road. You want to put them away. You want to get out of there, get on the plane, and say that was it. But I'll go back to the midfield, and there's work to be done. Yes. And I think that what was really good was after the game, look, this team is only three matches in. Yes, we're undefeated. We're feeling pretty good about ourselves, but Steve sits down, and the first thing he says right off the bat is, besides three points and a shutout, not much to talk about in that game. I'm not very happy. I think we got a lot to work on, so we'll celebrate this, but when we're going to go home, there's a lot to work on. And that is the tone that I would like to hear from a coach, and it's the correct one. It's not, it's not hyperbole. It's just right down the middle. I'm being honest with you. This is what we need to do. So as a, as a takeaway, I'm confident this defense is going to be a, a, one of the better ones, at the very least vastly improved from we've last We've seen multi, uh, kind of multiple groups, too. Yeah, multiple groups, and we still have some guys who would be chomping at the bit to be part of something like this. And you know Maxime Crapo, our guest here in a little bit, uh, will have some big saves here as the season wears long, maybe this weekend against Vancouver. Remember the 10 goals for Vancouver last I'm gonna, season? I'm going to... On IG Live, I, I gave an over-under for shutouts, yeah. 7.5. And based off 2021, it would make sense because we had six last year. It's 2022, Vince LaRosa. Yeah, we had six last year, and I went 7.5. I'm going to bump that I'll to allow. Nine, 9.5. I'll allow it. I will 9. allow 5. it. I think that's where you were at, actually. Yeah. Did you say 9.5? I think I did. I think I, I pushed it up a little bit just because I, I felt it, it pains in my me that bones. Your, your predictions as of late have just been spot on. As of late? <laughs> no, I think it started with NYCFC. What, you know, I have friends who are gamblers. I don't gamble, and they call me all the time, and I give them picks, and they, they're in the money all the time. Not just soccer, by the way. I crushed it at championship week of college basketball. Lots of good picks. You were pretty good at uh, college football. Were you in a college football? I won the, I won the ESPN that? college football. It's like 40, no, it was like 50 or 60 guys. And everyone puts 100 bucks in. And I'm talking about the big talent, the big researchers. I beat them all. Chris Felica, top researcher there. Scott Van Pelt, Matt Barry, all these guys. They're I, all in it, and I beat them. Wait, you're actually allowed to talk? I thought you had like an NDA. You couldn't, couldn't let that out. I'm not sure. I didn't sign anything. It's out. Okay. But we're all doing it. We all we have a good laugh because we're trying to stay in touch. We're so, talking about Mahala? Yeah, so let's, just, let's move up forward. Defense, I'm solid. Midfield, some work to be done. But tough, it's tough to gauge in that match. Okay, to but be let me put it this way: because of the nature of that game, and we're all frustrated. Like, I'm willing to let the work be done here and kind of push it along to the next game because the result was good. Mm-hmm. Because the result was convincing. It was. It wasn't really. It was a little in doubt, but you know, LFC had a handle of that. And the way they've been playing, you feel confident they're not going to leak a goal, which they did not. 
So the midfield's certainly a, a room for improvement, but it'll get there, and they, they, they were able to perform as a group to make sure there was nothing leaky. And it really was just going forward, yeah. right? Quality going forward, because... Look, Elias Sanchez makes that team of the week because of what he did covering in behind, and that's a that's a group effort. I know Ilya, if he sat here, would say, look, I, I base my positioning off my teammates and what they're doing, the pressure that they're getting on the ball, and he just kind of he moves side to side to kind of snuff out or delay. Delay is big for this team. To delay opportunities to help his teammates get around the ball, they can win it back. I mean, we didn't feel worried about the team at all. I mean, our press was actually pretty good. That's why I think we're a little disappointed because we actually won the ball 30, 40 yards from goal, a lot, and just did not have the quality on the day to, to get forward. So that's, but again, the conditions were horrible. It was swirling around. So I'm, I'm willing to give them a little bit of a break here, but we're still kind of waiting for that midfield to really boss a game. Yeah, it's coming. Speaking of conditions, the Nats, have you, have you noticed? I know them? it's getting out. Got some Nats floating around here. Good. Once Tis get, the season. Move, it gets warm, spring forward, baby. Yeah, and you get a little sweaty, those Nats really get at you. Let's talk about the attack. And there's going to be, there's going to be, People saying, why is Chicho starting? Why isn't he scoring goals? Brian Rodriguez, why is he not scoring goals? And then you have Mahala, who did score a goal and gets his second start of the season. I don't know if we'll get a chance to talk about Brian or Chicho. I'll talk about it quickly. Chicho's getting there. You can feel it. And Brian, to me, outside of Carlos, because of the hat trick, has been our best player, mm -hmm. in my estimation. He got the play to pick up the red card. He got the play to set up Mamadou Fall on the assist against Portland. 90 minutes, 90 minutes, 90 minutes. There's something brewing with Brian Rodriguez that you cannot deny. The goals, hopefully they come this weekend. I'm pretty confident they will come. But the play across the board, the way he's at training, mm -hmm. vocal, engaged, this is a different Brian Rodriguez than we may have seen in, in prior years because he wasn't here as frequently. No, I'll go, I'll go back to Brian. But before I do, those people that are like, why is this happening? Why is that happening? You can say that all you want. But when you get the results, Steve puts in Mahal, Mahal scores the goal that is technically considered the game winner. So you could say, why is this happening? These are manager's decisions, and it seems like he's getting them all right. So if that continues to happen, I mean, what can you do? He's here for training. He sees how they're playing. He's plugging in all the right buttons. The substitutions, I think, we can say have been great, and they've been timely. So tough to question that. But to Brian, yeah, I agree with you. Look, the goals haven't come, but let's say, let's say Breck Shea doesn't drag him down. He's 1v1 with the goalkeeper. You would have bet on him to probably finish that, yeah. right? So I, what I'm really liking about Brian is just the resiliency, um, the understanding of when to make the pass. He's still getting off. What would you say? He has the most shots on the team. Yes. And he's yeah. near the tops in the league in shots. So he's, he's creating his own shot, which is a big deal in this league. Um, yes, the goals aren't quite coming yet, but he's doing the little things off the ball. That Again, I'll go back. Hey, to I'll that. take it. Yeah, I'll go With back the to results that. like that, you take it. That run, to run ahead of the ball. And we thought that that was going to be Mahalo's role. But if he's running ahead of the ball, you got Brian, you got uh, Carlos playing as more of a false nine, dropping deep and then creating that space through the center. If Brian's recognizing that run, I'll take it all day. Either get the red card, get the goal. We'll take that all day. And that's something that Brian didn't quite do enough. We kept saying, hammering over and over again, make it easy on yourself. Yes, you're supremely talented. Yes, we know that you can take a ball from the 18, beat four guys, and roof it. But you're not going to do that every week. What you can do every week is put yourself in successful positions to maybe get a tap in, maybe get something easy. And he's... He's finally doing that, and he's doing it consistently, and I think that bodes well for the rest of the season. And Mahala, to put a comparison, doing the work that Diego Rossi would normally do mm -hmm. in that kind of position. We saw the data from, from Elliot, uh, McKinney. Elliot McKinney. Uh, and he had, like, the top ten players with runs in the box. Mahala's in there, and uh, there's a lot of runs in that area, and they're different. And Mahala is 
seizing an opportunity, obviously training very well, recovered from that injury because the speed is there. It's there for everyone to see. And the finishing there on that goal, uh, Vela-esque. It looked like Carlos Vela. It's no longer a fluke, right? Like I said, a after the Cruz Azul game, you could say, wow, that's, that's a heck of a strike for a young kid. Nothing, nothing to lose. That's great. I mean, now that we see this finish on Miami, that's, not a, that's no easy finish to open your body up and, and finish in the top corner like that. And like you said, you, th you thought it was Carlos for a second. Could have easily been. I mean, that, that was that type of finish. So I think, and we've got extra data points from our soon, to be, soon guest, Maxime Cropot, when we asked him, who, su who surprised you? He goes, Mahalo's got quite the shot on him. Yeah. So if he's saying that, I'm going to take him, his word for it. The depth that, whatever happens in the, at the attack now, you have, Mahala has given that flexibility because you know that he can pop in there. Maybe Danny Masofsky pops in there as well. He's, he has come Izzy in. Has a goal Izzy has a goal He could certainly get in there. So we go Chicho, Brian, Carlos, and that should be the trio. But if you need a specialist, if you need a little change of pace, you've got it. There's going to be games for these guys throughout the mm -hmm. season. And we already saw with Carlos, he did get to play this weekend. You, injuries happen. International duty happens. Things happen. COVID happens. Yep. All of that stuff's there. But keep him fresh, too, right? There's going to be times when you just need to change the pace. Like you said, he hasn't gone 90 minutes. Uh, one was because of injury. The other's kind of just been, I, I think, Steve, probably just managing him a little bit. Because at the end of the day, we're going to, we think this is a playoff team. We're going to need Carlos as fresh as possible. Not Carlos wants to play 90 minutes all the time. I know he does. So for him to make that decision is, it comes with uh, some responsibility. There's no doubt about it. And I'm sure that they've talked about that. Because I don't feel like that's just something you go into thinking, ah, I'm the manager. I could just... I could just do 100%. what I want here. This is definitely something that they've talked about, and I think that that was a concerted decision where he said, look, end of the day, think of where you were in 2021. That couldn't have been fun for you. I want to keep you on the pitch as much as I can, and I have all these weapons. Don't worry about it. The team will help you out. And, boy, did they ever. Think about the optics from Vela to see the guy that replaced him put that goal in. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Uh, let's talk Vancouver. Yeah. Going to be a tough one. I was watching their highlights of Houston. This team has got enough quality there, and a lot of the guys that uh, haunted LAFC, Christian Dahomey. Um, Ryan Gold. Ryan, Ryan Gold's really impressing me in, mm -hmm. in these early games, even though Vancouver has struggled. But Ryan Gold is going to be the danger guy in my estimation. Uh, Lucas Cavallini's kind of come in there. Brian White's still in there, but look, is a guy that they have guys who can score goals. Obviously, they don't have the goalkeeper, which is a good benefit. Yes. So we'll when you that. look at the game plan, you already are flying high for your LAFC because you have, a, you have the advantage there because you have the best goalkeeper that used to play for them. But this is a team. It's a, it's a legit Western Conference opponent. We've logged enough games with them. They have the momentum from last season. At home, after being undefeated in three, I think in normal circumstances, you say white caps, three points. I think I'll be very cautious here. The LAFC will be aware of that. But this is a team... I think in the West, it's going to be really hard to procure points from anyone. The teams like Vancouver and Real Salt Lake, we thought we'd struggle. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's going to be easy games for anyone. Yeah, Austin, it's not Austin, going to be easy. Yeah. We, Vancouver's changed some pieces, and I think they've been very unlucky. In a lot of ways, this is similar to the Miami game where you're like, this is a team that's been kicked down a little bit, and you're expecting a reaction, so you really got to make sure that you're up to their level from the start. But I think Vancouver obviously has that much more quality. So they're that much more dangerous. You and I looked at the first six games. When the schedule came out, we looked at the first six games. And we said, whoo, that's a tough first six games. You had, yeah. uh, I believe, let's see, you have Colorado. Two, two Colorado Florida playoff, trips. Colorado, a playoff team. Vancouver, a playoff team. Orlando, a playoff team. Galaxy, not a playoff team, but that's the Galaxy. You have two Florida, two cross-country trips. We said, if they can get through this, these first six games with, I think we said even maybe like 10 points. We're already at seven. They could get here. They have seven and three. I think we did say. 
that's a, it's a very good start because we thought for a new group, new coach, those first six games were going to be pretty tough with, with the competition. And this, again, it's another game uh, to, to play against a team where you can learn something about your team, maybe win a game in a different way, uh, have your veterans say, look, this is another type of game that you're going to get in this, in this league. And I think it's an important one, as you pointed out, this game and then a break. Always want to go into the break. Role. Hey, this is new for MLS. Proper international break. Proper so. international break. You're at home. You want to go into the break rolling. Right. For the dozens of players that are going to be on international duty this window, they're not missing games. That's huge. So kudos to the league. They knew why we have an early start, why we finish early, because the World Cup coming up, they still manage that. So uh, I, every coach is going to sign off on that one. Uh, it's... Uh, should we set? We're setting lines here. Should we reset the line maybe for points in the first six games? I'm going to go to a, a ten and a half, or eleven. <laughs> eleven. Any we'll chance you have a chance to go to, to 11, eleven, Max? That's all the way be, up. That should be your mo. All the way up. Where do you go from here? Nowhere exactly. Yeah. So seven points, three games remaining in those first six. So you could get up to thirteen. Yeah, you could go eleven. Here we go. So it's. Uh, Big game here Sunday. I'm very excited. It's our first broadcast. I think yes. I'm the last broadcaster to be activated in MLS. That's a testament to how in-demand LAFC is. Right. Uh, first three games on national TV. Finally, I get to, to But get it gave it. you guys a lot of time to plan. I hear the show coming up this week is going to be very No pressure. Good. Yeah, no pressure. Yeah, you don't. You thrive under the pressure. So check out the LAFC social handle. Some big news about where you can see those games. But it's really good news for everyone here. And uh, certainly for me. Uh, where we can make a better connection to the fans because we know not everyone can come to the stadium at home games, and obviously not everyone can travel for away games. So this is a connection for you to really earn the club, and this is uh, we're really approaching as a new era to uh, get fans, make new fans, mm -hmm. make new supporters out there in Los Angeles or beyond for this club that they can see it here over the air. And you've got a great opening act because we're actually pushing our the 110 football show that's going to be out in front of the HQ side of free play, which you can come and be a part of the show. We'll put you on camera. Don't have to run by and, and be afraid to be on camera. You can come, you, you grab the mic. I don't care. Uh, but we will be an hour before kickoff because we will lead in to your pregame show. So we're, we're good. So I'm like, I'm Justin Bieber and you're Jaden Smith. I'll take it. We went to the Bieber show. You, we you went to you the were Bieber there as show. Well. We did it. I'm just happy I got to check that off the list, even though it wasn't on the list. But I scribbled it back in in pencil and then checked it off the you list. You know, just to know where I'm going, I'm going to see Judas Priest tonight at the Shrine. I know he's got to he's got to wash it off, and I'm going to say something. That's no, not washing it off. I just Tuesday's concert night. I'm going to say something that's going to make Ken from our crew really upset. Um, <laughs> the Bieber show was the closest thing I will ever experience to Beatlemania mania because the second that a note got played, the screams, the sheer piercing screams, were like watching the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. Yeah. I heard that when I saw Genesis, Ken. You know, that was it was Ken. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. It was terrifying. I was terrified. No wonder the Beatles didn't want to tour after that. It was terrifying. Ooh. So excited. Go out and see some live music, and uh, certainly come out. Check out LAC.com. See if you have tickets for the Vancouver game. It's a night It'll game. Be a hot one. It's a night one. Cherish them. Last Sunday, the Portland one was special. Yep. So we're looking forward. I think it's a good place to, to, to always wrap put it a on bow the on it. Put it on the Beebs. Coming up, Inside LFC, Max and Vince podcast will be the MMVP as we're joined by Maxime Crepo. That's right. I just came up with that. Talk about the game. Talk about playing against the Whitecaps. And we'll talk for all our great Canadian listeners representing Canada this close to the World Cup. Inside LAFC MVP podcast. We'll be right back. We're back here on Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast. Always thrilled to welcome in Maxime Max Crepo coming off the triumphant victory in Miami. Has to feel good. I got to ask you about the weather, though. 
That was bonkers. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was warm. It was warm. It was humid. That's yeah. for sure. That's number uh, one on the list. <laughs> yeah, that's one. That's uh, what you started with. Yes, and then uh, the wind started to pick up, and uh, we got a little bit of a showers. But to be fair, it was for me. It was nice because I was sweating, and then I had a little bit of water. It was a little bit of a refreshment. Uh, Sounds like you went to the spa all of a sudden. Yeah. No, it was not quite the spa, <laughs> but it was cool. <laughs> well, I mean, for you, and you've told us about this. It's, it's kind of different now. You go from being really, really busy. Uh, no offense to where you were before, to having less to do. So it's, about, it's all about focus now. And I'm thinking not just the focus you had to have in that game, but the fact that you probably had to be so clean and every time you came for the ball and every time you caught it, just because of the conditions, not just for yourself, mm -hmm. but for your teammates, like to instill that confidence. Yeah, correct. Uh, as you mentioned, high level is all about the quality of your actions. You might not have 30 or 40 touches, but you might have uh, 10, 20, uh, whether it's with the hands or feet whatsoever. But you got to be ready. You guys got to be clean. It's got to be 100% uh, if, uh, efficiency. And so that's the secret of goalkeeping It's to be uh, plain and simple and efficient. And so uh, that's that's my role. That's what I need to to assure to uh, to get some points either home or on the road. Uh, three of the four defenders in this game were different from the Portland game. Uh, what is that like for you prep wise to be ready with a new group? And I know what you, you've mentioned there's different voices and so forth, but obviously there's probably more to it than we think, right? Correct. I mean, uh, faces changes are uh, the system doesn't, you know, the system doesn't uh, in training I'm with them every single day. So it's not like uh, I don't know the my players uh, and it's about uh, knowing personality, uh, who's comfortable of receiving which kind of pass, where on the field, with what kind of pressure, uh, who's receiving the information when you talk with them, all that stuff, you know. And so uh, that's important to, to know, but uh, our ideal as our idea as, uh, as an organization does change you know you can put uh, 11 different faces uh, the the mentality and uh, the identity won't change different type of game for you guys this week uh, it's it's actually I, I think and you can tell me how, how you feel about it. it's kind of nice that throughout this season only three games in you've had different kinds of games all the way through you have the the first game where your captain shows through and he he's the star of the show Carlos gets his hat trick second game you guys got to come from behind and really put it all against Portland and then this one's just you can't predict anything, so it's one of those games where you need veterans like yourself and the guys that were helping you out on the back line. Is that good for you guys to see a lot of different games early on in the season? I mean, it's uh, we gotta adjust to every single uh, every single uh, opposition, every single scenario that we will face. Uh, there, there's gonna be some problems to solve on the pitch. Uh, you know, Portland, we're down one nothing, and we're chasing, not chasing, I would say, but we're pushing to get an equalizer all the way up to the added time. And then uh, Miami, where we were up a man, but we didn't quite connect the, the possession that we're, we're looking to, to, to be, you know, where we lacked a little bit of, of uh, tactical and excellence and uh, some quality on the ball, you know, these simple pass that we have to find, we, we didn't. But in the meantime, most important was the three points, yes. And then uh, we learned from that game. We learned from that game because it was our first uh, road game. And now we're going back to the bank. And then after that, we go to Orlando. <laughs> and so uh, it's all things that we'll, we will add up as a group to, to modify and to be better in the future. Sorry, I laugh because the schedule's, you know, it's, it's like a tennis match, Florida, back home, Florida. I mean, these long flights, uh, what is that like for you guys to know that this is the challenge of MLS? You've done it a lot, especially yeah. in Vancouver. You have to live so much. Maybe you take it for granted. But uh, 
it can't be easy. Yeah, it's it can be easy. Uh, you have to really prepare for it. You know, the two days leading up to the game, your hydration uh, needs to be clean uh, because you're, you're going to travel. Uh, two days before the game, we went down there. It was really humid in, in Miami, for example. Now we're going to go to Orlando again. And so uh, it's all about being professional athlete and really being uh, being an athlete of taking care of your body and knowing your body, what does it needs to, to be at 100% uh, when it comes to game time. We buried the lead a little bit. We will talk about yes, you playing against Vancouver. I'm we're sure, trying to go I'm in sure chronological order. I'm sure you're sitting here and you're like, when are they going to even ask me about that? But one last thing on, on the road trip, and let's talk about more on the, the personal side. A lot of new guys on this team. It is a long road trip. You yeah. didn't get to spend as much time in Miami to enjoy the sights and sounds on Miami, but what was it like hanging out with the guys? Uh, I know that you guys got to get out to, to Indio in preseason. I think those moments are important. How important was this in the I, regular season? I'm going to jump in here because Miami, Fort Lauderdale, is a big spot for French Canadians, no? Yes, yes. You guys run that place. We have a, you my family. You guys run yeah, that. Place. My, my, you go to Fort Lauderdale. It yeah, is my in-laws and myself. We have a we have a property down there. So yeah, right. It's, He's right. <laughs> it's really but it popular. gives Fort Lauderdale a really good flavor. I love it. So. Yeah, we're uh, we're in Pompano a little bit down. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, yes, it's uh, it's a nice place to go. I was there in January. I'm probably the early, the youngest snowbird you guys probably ever met. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, uh, it's been great to, to be down there and be with the guys and talk together, uh, getting to know each other. The team meals are always, uh, uh, brings always interesting subject, I would say. Yeah. And so it's, what, it's cool what, to be What can together. you share with us? Was there any, did anyone have to sing? Was there any games? What, what was the game of choice? Um, what can you share with us? More, more general information about uh, discussions. Uh, there was no songs yet, uh, no songs yet, but yeah, it's just about getting together. Uh, sharing a good meal and, and uh, enjoying the time together. And a chance to go back to South Florida uh, with some free time down the road. I'm sure everybody would have liked to have had a little more time, but that's the way it is. Hey, we're professionals. Professional. Yeah. That is yeah, the thread here of our conversation. <laughs> so let it, let's get to the Vancouver game. I imagine emotions are swirling. It's going to get even bigger for you as you get closer. Um, feeling of the fan base, certainly from a club that you've been so long with, we're really identified with. So what are the emotions like for you? What are the conversations like ahead of this uh, this game against your former club? Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to it. Uh, personally, it's uh, the last game before the, the international window. And so uh, as an organization, it's important to finish uh, before these 10 days there when there's no games of uh, finishing on a good note. Uh, you know, we want to win every game at, uh, at home. And then obviously it's Vancouver. I was there for, for three years. Uh, I got great friends uh, who were teammates, now are friends. Uh, you know, I got plenty of respects for the staff as well. And so, um, you know, there's, that's the, the reality of sports to play against your former team. Yeah, yes, there's a little bit of uh, special emotions, little sparks in the air, I would say. And then uh, Kava texted me, Cavallini, my team. Got a goal this weekend. Yeah, yeah got nice a goal. Yeah. He texted me right away after the game. I'm coming for you. So I said, I'll wait for you. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it's going to be nice. It's going to be nice. We're going to go uh, head to head. I like that they have a little uh, And I'm bit. looking forward to that yeah. matchup a little, little bit more now. That's great. Camaraderie's nice. Uh, do you think as a goalkeeper that the advantage switching teams is more so than a, a field player? Because you, you've seen all these guys' shots. Mm -hmm. You know kind of more their tendencies, and it's, it's your job to know tendencies. Yeah. I think a midfielder, he can kind of say, oh, this is how they play, this is how they do this. But I feel like a goalkeeper just dials it in a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kalen knew what uh, Colorado was, was all about. I know, uh, I know uh, their system. I know, <laughs> I know exactly how they would approach the game. I was in the, that locker for three years, uh, obviously. Uh, there was some pieces for their team that, that got added on, but everything stays the same. You know, the, 
the the spine of this organization is the same with the players in the locker room and so um, uh, I mean for goalkeeper you cannot cheat you cannot uh, anticipate anything you need to be, to be honest with the ball at the end of the day you can't say oh yeah this guy's always closing in his hips no you got to be honest with the ball if he's open he's going to open the hips mm -hmm. and so you don't have to overthink you just really have to be simple in the moment and not guess at all we're looking forward to it. And this is a good Vancouver team. They saw it this weekend. They play well. They didn't get the result. But it's, a, it's certainly a team that's going to give LAFC a really hard 90 minutes. I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about Canada. This is a big week. Uh, obviously, you get ready for the next three games at Costa Rica, home to Jamaica, Panama. A point gets you in. What, what's it been like to be? What, what, what it's got to be a good feeling. But what's it's it? Amazing, what, yeah. It's well, done, but it's amazing. Well, time, but, talk, the last time we talked, remember we said you're in, and he goes, "I can't say that." You guys, can't I, say that. I know we probably can't but, get it. But, but, we'll, but the next time we see him, he might be able to say that. I, I, but I, I, next time we see each other, yeah, we'll say, "All right, guys, we're going to Qatar." <laughs> but <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll have to redo this in a week. But the conversations have to be something because this is a generational thing since 1986 to be yeah. on the cusp. What it means, not just to you, but to your family, to your friends who have followed this sport, who've been involved in this sport. It's, it's, I can't even gauge it because it's 1986 was a long time ago. Correct. Uh, it's a group of, of guys that have been together for four years. And uh, two years ago, we started that process of qualifying. And uh, fast forward right now, and we have one, we're one point away to, to get in that plane to Qatar. And so when we first started the qualification, it seemed so far away. And now that we're there, we're like, oh, guys, we're, we're grasping the moment. And you mentioned it, the generations to come will, will be affected by the fact that uh, knock on wood, we'll have one point out of the three games that we'll go, uh, we'll go to Qatar. But the, the mentality of our group right now is to be undefeated for the, the, the three more games. You know, We are right now, we have three more games to go. We want to win all the games, that's for sure. That's uh, the objective. Uh, but we said it that before we started the, the, that round of qualification, we'll be undefeated. Wow. You're, you're almost there. Well, you've said it, that swagger. Canada's got a bit of swagger, and it's it's not just it's not enough to just qualify. You guys want to go undefeated, and then I'm sure the next step is you want to be top of Concacaf. Correct. Uh, it's closing the gaps with uh, you know in Concacaf. Uh, you got the U.S. and the Mexico that are uh, are closing the gaps. That's that's the number one spot is to be top of Concacaf after that, and eventually uh, being to Qatar. Knock on wood, guys. I can't just doesn't have a wooden no, head, hey, by we, the way. We, we, can, we get it. We can. We, we get, get it. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, after that, it will be to, to get out of the group down there and, and so on. It's uh, We're never satisfied with what we have. Uh, it's in our nature. We always want more and we're uh, we're humble. You, we know that where we're from, uh, the, the work that we've put in and where we want to be. And so that's that's the mentality of our, our group. Well, we can't wait to have you back when uh, that moment's had and hear the stories in such a a seismic moment for Canadian soccer. And I, I've spoken to you, I've spoken to Daniil Henry, I've spoken to Ju Junior Hoylet, they all said the same thing, hey! So you guys, the message is, yeah. is thorough. Yeah. Our, our head on the shoulders and two feet grounded. <laughs> Maxime Crabwell, real quick, but connecting with the fans, I'm sorry, I meant to ask you that. And we saw it there in the Miami game where you did the LAFC. Why has that been such a priority for you? I don't know, opponents feel, I want to say it was kind, yeah. of, kind of ballsy, I like it. Of kind of course, ballsy, uh, our, our supporters traveled uh, across country. Never left the stands either when it exactly. got crazy. Exactly. I saw the Portland game. You greeted everyone. This is really important to you. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I don't think everybody in the league 
has the chance to have amazing supporters like we, we do. And uh, when you've been around the league, you know exactly like the, uh, I would say, the, the hype, the proud, uh, the excitement, the passion that our, our fans and supporters have, uh, 32, 52s plus, everybody that goes into the stadium on game day. Um, you really see what it's about and it's important to, to recognize that and to, to bond. I've said after the Colorado game, uh, the Bank of California, uh, I said it's important to bend with, bond with them right away and, and to carry that up onto, until the, the last game of the season. And uh, home or away, we need to, to recognize that. Uh, we need to recognize that because they are a part of, of what this club is about. I love to hear that. Maxime Crepeau, everyone's favorite these days and for good reason. Best of luck uh, this weekend against your former club. Best of luck Thank uh, you. with your national team as well. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. And that wraps up another Inside LFC. Another great episode of Inside LFC. Another LFC. great episode. My favorite day of the week recording this here at the beautiful Performance Center in Alhambra, California. Please rate, review, subscribe. Tell a friend that we'll be back again next week. Have a good one. Oh, yes! They knocked on the door!